Hey, everybody, welcome into a Locked On crossover podcast, very special edition as the Arkansas Razorbacks will be taking on the LSU Tigers this weekend. And we're going to talk all about it. And just want to remind everybody that today's episode of Locked On crossover is brought to you by Sling TV. Sling has something for everyone, especially when it comes to college football coverage with a massive lineup of games across the ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, and SEC. We can always catch the games that we want to on Sling, and now you can too. So check out Sling TVs to see the massive lineup of all the games that they have all season long. Sling, the TV you love for a price you love. Try it today. We're also welcoming in Caroline Fenton of Locked On LSU. And Caroline, I think this is our first Time we've actually ever done a sort of crossover between Arkansas and LSU, but it's uh, it's good to have you on. It's good to talk with you. Yeah, yeah, good to see you face to face via computer. You know, we chat all the time on Twitter, so it's nice to actually you know hear a voice. Yeah, I know. Put it put a face to the voice and everything right. to go along with it too. So, well, I know that there are two completely different storylines going on with our respective teams. Yes, because the uh, the LSU Tigers, of course, coming off that huge win against Alabama and Arkansas. Has coming off of a bad loss against Liberty, so I, I mean, I know phrased, that. Didn't you? Yeah, I'm trying to try to make you know <laughs> silver linings make it sound a lot better than what it is, but I mean, it is what it is, and that's the thing. Where in this particular game, with, at least with Arkansas, Arkansas fans are I wouldn't say they're like upset where they want people fired just yet or they're jumping off the ship, but there's certainly an element of what happened last weekend better not happen again. You get your one. And this is going to be a game that, hey, even though it's a rivalry, quote unquote, and even though it's in Fayetteville, you have to perform better than what we saw against Liberty. And I think that that's kind of where Arkansas is at, where they're not expecting to win this game, but they're just hoping that at least it'll be a much better performance. Which is is fair. Sometimes you get to a certain point where, you know, wins and losses are one thing, but you just want to see progress. Like, I'll use the Ole Miss-Texas A&M game, for example. A&M didn't win that game, and they're now in a four- or five-game losing streak. But I think Texas A&M fans could at least step away from that game feeling a little bit more confident, seeing as though that was a three-point game, looking at what their true freshman, Connor Weekman, was able to do at quarterback. So, I mean, enough about that. I think that there are little things that you can take away from each game that you can feel at least a little bit more confident moving forward. And I, I'm not going into this game thinking, oh, this is an easy win for LSU or this is an easy game for LSU. I think there's a, a lot of big tests for LSU now. Coming off of the biggest win of the season, the biggest game of the season, it's the biggest game every year. How can Brian Kelly kind of switch gears and keep the team focused? How can they handle success? And that's the biggest thing that I'm looking for is if LSU goes into FFL and struggles or even loses this game, drops this game, my biggest critique is how are you going to beat a top 10 team in Alabama and then turn around and lose to a team that just lost to Liberty? No offense to the Razorback fans out there. But I think that this is the biggest test of how do you handle success? How are you able to kind of turn around, be excited about the Alabama win, but understand that you are in control of the SEC West. You are now in the driver's seat of the SEC West. And all you got to do is beat Arkansas. Can you do that? Can you handle that success? Can you go on the road and get a win against an SEC West opponent? That's the biggest thing here. I think hopefully Razorback fans are looking at it too. And I remember thinking about how funny it was for many years, especially it was more during the Les Miles era of LSU. Mm -hmm. But like, it seemed like Arkansas would always face LSU after they got done playing Bama. Mm -hmm. And there was always an element of when Arkansas would win those games when they shouldn't have. I think it was like in 2014, 2015, yeah. those particular years. 
it would be extremely frustrating for LSU fans because they're like that we have to stop playing Arkansas after Bama because Arkansas cares a lot more about that rivalry game than LSU does, and they come in fired up, and if maybe there's a little bit of a hangover. So I think that Razorback fans are maybe hopeful that there's a little bit of a hangover from LSU after the Bama game, and I guess like you talked about, since it's Brian Kelly's first year, it would happen with Les Miles. Didn't really happen with Ed Orgeron. Ed Orgeron actually had a lot of success against Arkansas. In fact, the only time Arkansas beat him was last year by an overtime. So, I mean, it was always really close. So, I guess that is kind of the thing that maybe Razorback fans are hoping that Brian Kelly has too, where emotional win, big win, rushing the field, all that stuff, come back on the road, 11 a.m. game, and end up kind of just being a zombie a little bit, to at least to start the game. And the only thing that I would say that makes me feel confident that that's not going to happen beyond, you know, Brian Kelly being a coach that's experienced a lot of success before this being a team that has experienced success before is LSU beat Ole Miss in a very emotional game. Uh, You know, Ole Miss was undefeated coming into that game was the number seven team in the country. LSU, for some reason, Vegas thought was favored, but I always felt like LSU was very much still the underdog going into that game. You get a huge win. You know, you, you almost shut out Ole Miss 42 to three after they go up 17 to three in the first quarter. So I look at that and say that was a big emotional win, a big SEC West win, storm the field. All the excitement is, is up in the air. But this team was able to stay up for Alabama, considering that was you know the next biggest game on the schedule, the next biggest test. Um, so I'm just I, this is going to be a test for Brian Kelly to see how he can get this team back up for a game that doesn't have the amount of hype as Ole Miss or Florida or Alabama did. See, and that's kind of where I think LSU has done a really good job of playing their best football at the right time. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of what was scary because I'm sure you thought or people were probably talking about at the beginning of the season with that Florida State debacle at the end of the beginning of the year. Like, I I honestly thought – my dreams. Yeah, like I saw that and I'm like, what what am I watching? Like, this Mm -hmm. is is so strange. But like you said, Brian Kelly's a good coach. He's an established coach. and, And he's playing and having them play their best football at the right time. And also the, the schedule didn't do any favors when, you know, Tennessee, who would have thought that they'd be as good as they did and, right. and good as they are and everything too. But, um, you know, the thing with Arkansas and kind of looking at where they're at, because last year they went eight and four, which they came from the depths of hell. Like Arkansas right. football was so bad. They always and, felt like the Vanderbilt of the West. And I know well, it wasn't yeah. ever that bad, but it always felt, you know, at least in before in recent history, it felt like you could look at the Arkansas game and say, okay, win. But that's yeah. not the case at all anymore. And so props to Sam Pittman for that. Yeah, and that's where I think people are, like, they're still happy with Sam Pittman, but at the same time, like, losing that game to Liberty. And, and to me, that's not even – still the worst loss is to A&M. That's a, that's a terrible loss. That like, was a heartbreaking loss. No, trust me. I yeah. wanted to die that day. And so, like, it was so bad. I was there in Arlington, and I was just devastated because I hate Texas A&M so much. And it's – so that – it's like – that's it, like that loss still is to me is worse than the Liberty, but the Liberty coupled with that loss, it's like Arkansas fans feel like right now they should only have two losses. Mm-hmm. Like, because they felt, Hey, we are a better team than AM. We are a better team than Liberty, but for whatever circumstance they lost. And I think that's, what's making it so hurtful right now is because if Arkansas was sitting right now, instead of five and four at seven and two, they would already have a, a bowl of a decent bowl game in mind. Mm-hmm. They would be able to have three games left on the schedule. They'd have momentum. They'd have feeling good, like all of that. But instead, it, it's like they're wondering what team's going to show up because against Liberty, they couldn't run the ball. And that's the one thing that like Arkansas has done the entire season so well is running the ball. The offensive line's right. done great. That's the big constant. But Liberty just stopped them. 
And KJ wasn't fully healthy, and we all know that, but it's just it was such a weird game that people are like, okay, so is that going to be something we see again, or is it going to be just a, a bad day? But you have no time to even get back and get ready for it because LSU's playing about as good as anybody in the country right now. Sitting at, I guess at this point, yeah, they control their destiny in the SEC West. So they're yeah, one more motivated. West win, and then yeah, so ticket to Atlanta. It's like just a bad timing for I think Arkansas is wondering, like you know, hey, is this going to be something that we see again? Because you can't take any time off against LSU because they know what's at stake, they know what's on the line, and they're going to give it their best shot. And I think that's kind of my biggest question about Arkansas is they have been so hot and cold. You know, you go on the road to BYU and you blow them out. And then you come back at home against Liberty, a game that I'm sure was just kind of viewed as this rinky-dink little game that is going to be an obvious win. I think the question is, where is the inconsistency coming from? It's honestly, to me, it's how you, it's this way they started these games. Mm -hmm. um, I, I brought this up on my podcast earlier is that, you know, people see the final score. Maybe they don't always watch the Razorback games, which, you know, I'd understand, but they see the final score right. and they're like, okay, well, this game was close. This game was that, whatever. Here's the thing against Missouri State earlier this year when Bobby Petrino way closer came back than down. it needed to be. Yep. Way closer. Yep. Arkansas got down 17 to nothing to start that game against uh, Alabama. They got down 28 to nothing to start that game. Mississippi State, 21 to nothing to start that game. Liberty, 21 to nothing to start that game. So getting down early is what has killed this team. Mm -hmm. And the most disgusting part of that stat is of those four games where they got down three possessions, three of them were at home and you can't have that. It's supposed to be the opposite effect. You're supposed right. to come out strong and they haven't, but it's almost like in those games though, they came back and beat Missouri state. They came back against Alabama and was a five point game going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. Mississippi State, they didn't come, they had chances, but KJ Jefferson was out that game. So that was different. And then against Liberty, they had a, there were two point conversion away at the end from tying it. So it's just a weird thing where it's like they start terrible, but they yeah. always fight back. It's, it, it's hard to even understand or try to figure out where they show they're at least good enough, but because of circumstances, they're just unable to finish unable to put it together just have four quarters where they play good and that's kind of similar to what i've noticed from lsu throughout this season is there have been so many games where lsu looks honestly bad atrocious either in the first quarter first half and they go down you look, you look at mississippi state the offense couldn't get much moving and then in the second half they come back and look like a different team they're down 17 nothing at auburn and they turn around and go on a 21 to nothing run they're down 17-3 against Ole Miss, ultimately come back to score 42 points and win that game by 20. And they're 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 all throughout this entire season, they have been down and then they have to scratch and claw their way back. And I think that's a testament to the toughness of both of these teams. I think so too. We'll continue talking about Arkansas and LSU here in just a second. But first, folks, I gotta tell you about Simply Safe. If you've ever thought about securing your home with home security, but maybe you've been putting it off, maybe you're just waiting for another time, you might want to listen up right now because. Right now, all of the Locked On College podcasts are promoting the fact that all of you listeners can get the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for just 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you don't want to miss it. I know that when we all go out of town, we want to make sure all of our stuff is safe. Now, when I leave, I got my dog Rowdy, I got my podcasting equipment, I got all those things. I want to make sure stay safe and secure, but that's what Simply Safe can do for you, making sure that whenever you leave or whenever you're at home, you feel secure. Even in case of an emergency, you get 24-7 professional monitoring agents that use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe. 
to capture critical evidence and verify that the threat is real so you can get the priority police response that you need. So don't miss a chance to save big on the only security system that we would ever recommend. Get 50% off on Simply Safe now at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. That's Simply Safe, S I M P L I S A F E dot com slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Continuing on our Locked On crossover with me, John Neighbors, and Caroline Fenton of Locked On LSU. And uh, Caroline, I, I think the, the matchups and everything are obviously something that we can dive into. But I want to ask you first yeah. about two names that people do not like really speaking in this state very much. And that is Joe Fouché and Greg Brooks. Because yes. the struggle that Arkansas has had by far this year has been their secondary and two of the players that were a big key parts of their secondary last year left for LSU. One of them in Fouché was voted team captain last year and left for LSU. That hurts. I, yeah. It, so it hurts. It hurt. Like our Arkansas fans do not have any, any love for those guys right now, but how I'm just curious, how have they been performing in this defense, in this team? Because, LSU is playing really well. What type of impact and what type of contribution have they been able to provide? Uh, so Joe Fouché was out with injury uh, for a, three or four games the, earlier in the season. I do have to say that Joe Fouché's interception in the end zone against Ole Miss completely turned the game around. LSU was up 24-21 at that point in the third quarter, but LSU had kind of struggled. They really kind of had to pull themselves back after a, a, a you know, abysmal first quarter and then Joe Fouché gets that interception in the end zone and LSU outscores 21 outscores Ole Miss 21 nothing Joe Fouché and even Grebrix both have been invaluable to this team because the secondary was one area in particular that I was concerned about going into this season because it was almost completely comprised of true freshmen and transfer quarter players so I thought how can this unit possibly come together and and you know actually be a, a cohesive unit and you know LSU being a school that's so known and having reputation for its defensive backs, how is this LSU defense going to be able to be successful with a secondary that doesn't know each other and doesn't know this, this defensive system, but the secondary has been one of the best surprises of the year. And Greg Fouché, or Greg Brooks and Joe Fouché have both been catalysts in that they have been massive contributors to this football team. And I know that that hurts. I mean, playing Alabama, Eli Ricks, you know, being one of their starting corners on the day. Eli Ricks was a player who was an All-American at LSU, ultimately decided to transfer after he said he wasn't going to transfer. And then, of course, he transfers to the school's biggest rival in Alabama. We know how that feels. We know kind of that just, like, revenge that you want to, to give to a player that you felt maybe betrayed you a little bit. But thank you for those yeah. two because uh -huh. they have been a, a – the, the experience of those two has been invaluable to the secondary. Yeah. Well, you know, Arkansas fans always love helping out LSU fans in any way they can. So, so yeah. much. Yeah. I guess, I guess, I guess we got Landon Jackson over here from LSU and he's been okay. Cause yeah, he's a solid player. Yeah. yeah. So he's, so he's been all right. So, you know, we, we, we make it work and you know, it kind of comes out in the wash, but. And you uh, know, I always say the transfer portal giveth the transfer portal taketh away. For sure. Cause and I mean, Arkansas, every team. Yeah, yeah. Like Arkansas with Drew Sanders, who's been awesome, you know, transfers from Alabama, Jaden Hazelwood from Oklahoma. I mean, there's, that's just the kind of the way it's going to be in college football too. And right. you know, the thing that with, with Arkansas and you know what they, we, like people know what they do well, neither than last week and they run the ball really well, right? Rocket mm -hmm. Sanders, 
uh, had over a thousand yards. The dude's been awesome. Like KJ, when he's healthy, uh, is a great player. Offensive line's been great. Like the offense has been solid. And even on the defensive side of the ball, the D line and the linebackers have been performing pretty well, but it's been the secondary that's been the biggest problem. And that's so, the most interesting, you know, as not an Arkansas insider and someone who admittedly hasn't watched each Arkansas game in depth, just looking at the stat line, looking at Arkansas leading the SEC in sacks and being at the bottom of the co of college football and passing defense is the craziest dichotomy. I know. I, I, I try to, you know, try to make sense out of it. But the only thing I can like really say is that basically it's one big or the other like it's just mm -hmm. they either are getting after the quarterback or they're not and then when they whenever they are able to beat the blitz that's where the defense you know just completely crumbles but they have had a lot of injuries in the secondary not making excuses like Jalen Catalan the preseason yeah. All-American they lost him for the year uh all their other secondary players besides Dwight McLaughlin who thanks also for him he's been really good uh but he you know other than him and Hudson Clark those have been really the only healthy guys but they so they've had issues there but I've always felt like when they were having issues, I'm like, okay, well, you know, they're going to, you're going to give up 350 yards a game. So why not just send six guys every play, you know, right. just might as well try to make up for it. But deep the secondary has gotten better. It's still not great, but it has gotten better. But uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of the thing I think people are worried about from the Arkansas defense perspective with LSU mm -hmm. is can they effectively pass the ball? Cause I think Arkansas feels okay about their ability to stop the run. It's not great, but it's better. But right. if Jaden, if they can just throw all over uh, Arkansas, then it's going to be a high scoring affair for LSU. And that's something if you would have told me, you know, really solid run defense, but you're going to have to win the game by throwing the ball. That's something that would have made sent shivers down my spine probably about four weeks ago. But we've seen this passing game for LSU evolve. And after LSU got just absolutely embarrassed at home against Tennessee, I said, this is either going to be the best thing that's ever happened to this team or the worst. You know, they could just sulk back and, you know, sit and be a, you know, a fine team, but not a great team. Or they can realize the deficiencies that this team has, both offensively and defensively. And we don't talk enough about how LSU gave up like 250 rushing yards to Tennessee, a team that primarily throws the ball. Um, but after that, we've seen this passing game evolve. I mean, Jaden Daniels has gone from throwing for about you know, 100 yards a game on average to throwing about 300 yards a game on average. This passing game has absolutely evolved, but it's interesting to see how it changes week to week and how Jaden Daniels' confidence is kind of affected there. So I think, you know, this being a road game, I think that's going to be interesting. And also Arkansas's pass rush, um, how that kind of affects Jaden Daniels in the passing game. But I think another question that I have for you, the offense, Arkansas's offensive line is very intriguing to me because they can run block like, like better than any other offensive line that I've seen in college football. But the pass protection and getting up five sacks to Liberty, it, it's, it's confusing to me. It's kind of the same dichotomy as the defense is what is this offensive line and how does KJ Jefferson's performance, how is it affected by that? Well, I'll say that the Liberty game was the exception to the rule because the yeah. offensive line just got smoked in all that facets. Like I've never, yeah. it was the weirdest thing, you know, it's like, you know, it's kind of like seeing like your big brother that's always beating you up all the time, getting his you know tail kicked by somebody else. And you're like, right. that's weird. Like, what's what is that about? It was, it was yeah, such a weird thing. There. Yeah. So I think it was uh, I think that was a big part of it. But I think, um, you know, like with Sam Pittman, he's like one of the best, if not the best offensive line coach in the country. Oh, yeah. So, you know, he's always going to have great offensive lines no matter what. And Arkansas going into the Liberty game, according to pro football focus, graded out as the best offensive line in college football. So it's like. Wow. 
I think it was just the exception to the rule. That's mm -hmm. they, and that's why again it was so weird in that Liberty game. And I think they'll do a better job in this LSU game. I think that if there's one thing that I know will be better, it'll be that offensive line. And uh, so I think that they're hoping that you know they can at least uh, fix that problem. But it's been to where it, this is kind of where I think the struggle comes into play where Sam Pittman wants to run the ball effectively. Cause that's kind of what you have to do, honestly, in the sec, if you want to be successful, like there's all, everything you want to do is you want to be good at, but it's right. like, if you can have an effective running game. You usually uh, can balance it out with the pass. But I also think there's times where maybe Kendall Riles, the offensive coordinator wants to throw it a little bit more. I mean, it's to be a little bit more, uh, imaginative with some of his weird trick plays that almost mm. never work. Like don't be all. too cute with it. Yeah. I think don't last year, last year, I think Arkansas tried a wide receiver pass eight times. And Traylon Burks was the one that normally threw it and it went O of eight. It, it was never completed. And it's just like, Jeez. you know what? Maybe just don't do that anymore and just, you know, try to run and pass normally and just yeah. make that work. So I don't know. It's just, it's a weird. It's an offense that can work when it looked when it you know, it's like against BYU and Auburn, it looked good. It mm -hmm. everything was going great. But as soon as it starts having some issues, it's it becomes kind of a anemic, boring, weird, bad looking deal. So it's it's a very strange, very strange thing to try to figure out. And that's why it's been so difficult for me, I think, to kind of put my finger on what Arkansas really truly is and what to expect from Arkansas. Because I mean, as an Arkansas fan, do you even know what to expect? Nope. nope. Isn't that fun? Always on the edge of your seat. Yep. I mean, they keep it interesting. They yeah. keep it interesting every single time. I mean, because that's the thing, like I was talking with my friends because I actually don't cover the games as a media member. I just have tickets. I go because I'm I'm alum. I'm a fan. But like we always talk about it where it's so weird that like in this in the in every game this year, none of it's been easy. None of it like it, it, the Missouri State game wasn't easy. Cincinnati, they open up the season with Cincinnati. They play South Carolina the next week. Like they have not had and I'm again not making excuses, but this non-conference schedule was ridiculous like, at BYU in the middle of the season yes like, in October what? like yeah like I don't know how this happened and in Cincinnati they scheduled back when it was like Tommy Tuberville when he was the coach and they were irrelevant and then just so happens they get to play them when they're coming off of a playoff appearance so lucky it, you yeah like <laughs> and it's just so great so much fun to be able to have that it's like Arkansas has one of the toughest schedules each and every year but I think it, it, it's just been a weird uh year for that and a weird uh weird reason for competition and all that stuff and so uh i i no one knows to expect i mean no one knows really what to think it could be a high scoring game low scoring game it could be great for arkansas it could be horrible for arkansas but that's kind of the way it looks right now and we'll continue on our conversation here on the locked on crossover with locked on razorbacks and locked on lsu here in just a second but folks, I got to tell you about Bill Bar. We all love Bill Bar. We know we're getting into the point to where it's the holiday season. It's Thanksgiving. It's Christmas. We're going to be packing on some pounds. We're eating some great food. But the problem is, as great food as that is, we want to make sure that when we're not going through the holiday season, we're trying to maintain our weight. Maybe try to lose some weight. Maybe try to get healthy. Maybe try to be always on the go. It's tough to eat healthy, but that's what Bill Bar does for you. It's the easiest way and the best way to be able to make sure you're getting the type of nutrients that you need, especially with the protein, because it is great for 17 grams of protein and only 130 calories. It's easy, it's fast, it's convenient, and it tastes amazing. They have so many different flavors to choose from as well, so you got to try Built Bar. If you go to their website right now at Built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15, all one word, LOCKEDON15, to get 15% off your order right now using LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. So, okay, so continuing on with the Locked On crossover with Locked On Razorbacks and Locked On LSU, 
uh, Caroline, I, you know what? I don't really want to talk about anything else, but one thing. So hopefully you can just go along with it. Um, I, this golden boot, the battle for the golden boot. Yes. I have talked to other LSU media members that I'm friends with. I've talked to Matt Moscona. I've talked to T-Bob. I've talked to the all these. Yeah. The, these guys. guys. I've talked, yeah. Ross Dellinger, when he used to cover it, like I used, I've talked to everybody that's covered LSU and I always asked them about what are their thoughts on the battle for the Golden Boot rivalry as well as the trophy itself. What are your thoughts? I mean, the rivalry in and of itself, is it's a fun rivalry. And I will say this, it's a game that, as LSU fans, we look for a few on the schedule. Florida, Alabama, Ole Miss, those are kind of the, the big ones that we look in year in and year out. The Arkansas game is probably below that, you know, with Texas A&M as an LSU fan. And that's not a knock on Arkansas. It's just, I think, more so a testament to the lopsided history of the matchup, uh, which has been more interesting in the last couple of years. I think the trophy itself is sick. I think it's awesome. And I, I love a, a rivalry that has a trophy. And if we can have every rivalry have a trophy attached to it, I'm all for it. I mean, like getting the trophy back in our possession. Yeah, that's great and all. It's more so about the win. It's more so about what the win represents, at least for LSU this year. They win and they're in the SEC championship. But I love a trophy. Give me all the trophies. I think it's fun. Yeah, well, it's funny. Uh, on my radio station here in Little Rock, uh, David Basil's the one that designed it and put it together and all of that. And well, so tell him that I give him the stamp of approval because I'm okay. sure he's been searching for it for me oh, for so long. Trust me, he will take it. He's one of those <laughs> guys that he will take all those compliments too. Are people that, anti-boot? No, no, it's not that they're anti-boot. It's just you have to re like it's it's different because, and this is something that's hard to explain sometimes to people outside of Arkansas. But it's like Arkansas doesn't have a rival; they don't. Yeah. Like, I know that, that, like, we talk about LSU and all that stuff, but it's like, Missouri? there's no rivalry with Arkansas where the other team hates them as much as they hate them. Like, there's not, like, where the number one team they hate the most is Arkansas. Like, no, like, there's not a single person out there that's going to say, you know, the number one team I hate is Arkansas. Like, no one's saying that. So, it's kind of like Arkansas just hates everybody. That's why I look at it. It's like, we just hate everybody equally. Um, but I think I, that might be even more fun. It, it can be, but sometimes it's like, but the problem, this is where it really became bad, is where they took the LSU-Arkansas game off of the day after Thanksgiving, where it used to be forever, mm -hmm. and they're like, okay, well, LSU, you get A&M, and Arkansas, you get Missouri. Oh, fun. That's really going to get everybody psyched for the rivalry weekend. You got the Iron Bowl, you got the Egg Bowl, you got... All these other great rivalries and get Ohio State, Michigan, even. Yeah, it's like, oh, but you guys get Missouri, so you should be happy with that. It's like, ew, no, like, because no one's going to want to travel to Columbia. Like, no one's wanting. It's just, it's not as fun. So I think that that's what made people sour a little bit more on on the uh, on the LSU game. Not that to say that they don't care and they still don't like LSU and all that stuff, right. but it's like that was kind of the the most fun that they would have is when that game was at the end of the season. And I think that, to your point, that move, that game being moved does take away a little bit of the grandeur from it all. Because whenever LSU's new rival became Texas A&M, we were like, what? Is it just because, like, we're, we're four hours from College Station? Is it just a proximity thing? Well, that's or is what it I'm like, a, like yeah. a, we, everyone else has a bigger rivalry? Like, Ole Miss has a bigger rivalry with Mississippi State. Alabama yeah. has a bigger rivalry with Auburn. Florida has their rivalry with Florida State. Is it just, like, we're just – 
second in line. Um, but I think Texas A&M has kind of become more of a bitter rivalry just because of the way that it's played out. I mean, you look at the seven overtime game, you look how it's kind of been a back and forth game between LSU and Texas A&M. So it's been made more fun. But as somebody who's from Missouri and grew up in Missouri, I think those in Columbia take that game much more seriously than maybe you and Fayetteville does. Yeah, which yeah. I guess is kind of how LSU felt about Arkansas. So it's kind of mm -hmm. like they cannot understand where they're coming from. But, right. well, it's funny you brought up that seven overtime game because I know Razorback fans, like, that's another reason why they hate that rivalry even more is because of that stupid seven overtime game. And the reason being, is it sounds dumb, but the reason being is because Arkansas – in 2001, 2002, and 2003, mm -hmm. played in a seven-overtime game, a six-overtime game, and a seven-overtime game. No way. Three straight years. They first one was 01 against Ole Miss and Eli Manning. Uh huh. Uh, with Matt Jones was the quarterback. He was Matt Jones was the quarterback in Arkansas for all three of them. Next and it was all on the road too. This was what was crazy. It was at Ole Miss. Arkansas wins seven overtimes. The next year they play Tennessee on the road. Goes to six overtimes. Arkansas misses a field goal. Uh, they no end up losing that one. Way. And the next year they play Kentucky when Jared Lorenzen was at Kentucky in Lexington. And that game goes to seven overtimes that Arkansas wins. So that was kind of our thing. Like we were the only teams to be a seven overtime, six overtime squad. And then everyone starts talking about LSU and AM, and then they changed the rules because of that game for overtime, which I hate. You I totally hate. got chipped. Yeah. It's like we were the OGs of the seven overtimes. Like, and I on. didn't even know that, to be completely yeah. honest with you. Yeah. I mean, it it's it that's what people forget about. Like it was crazy. Like it, it just that is wild. Yeah. And like and now I feel like everybody knows about the LSU AM seven overtime game. Exactly. And that's yeah. what kind of everyone was like. Man, you know, you guys just need to know what your history is about. Now but, the rules changed. Yeah, and I and I hate, and I'm sorry. I don't know how you feel that. I hate the new rule. I, I hate I, the I, new rule. I was like that. What? Because how many times we were talking about four times in like 50 like 20 year years. history. Yeah, yeah, in 50 years because you even have to date back because I think before Arkansas's seven overtime game, the longest was five overtimes in like 1988 or something crazy like that. But right. we're talking about like the smallest of examples. And now with this two point stuff and all that, I just I don't know. It takes away from the excitement of everything, too. So. And the fact that it happens so infrequently and yeah. how fun that was. I understand protect the players. That's the most important thing, first and foremost. But I think if you asked a player that played in that game on either side, they'd say, man, like that is one game that I look at on my career and say that was a fun one. I know. I know. Yeah. But unfortunately, uh, it's it's not that way anymore. Uh, so, yeah. uh, well, we soft, haven't we? I know. It's, it's, <laughs> before we wrap up, just out of uh, – since we can uh, look, you know, look at the game itself between Arkansas and LSU this weekend, what do you think happens? I mean, I feel like you're probably going to have LSU winning, but uh, what do you think happens in this game? I think it's going to be an interesting game at least because I'm looking at two teams that have gotten off to slow starts throughout this entire season. I think it might be close at halftime, but LSU has proven that they are absolutely a second-half team. I mean, they scored 18 of their 32 points in the fourth quarter alone against Alabama. Um, I don't have the stats on the full season, but they've scored a majority of their points in the second half. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a three-point game, a touchdown game at the half, and LSU pulls away. So I'm going to say 45-28 LSU. I think that LSU keeps it rolling. I think the momentum keeps going into Arkansas, knowing what's on the line here. Yeah, it's really hard for me to pick Arkansas to win this one just because of what we saw against Liberty. Um, if Arkansas would have performed better against Liberty and won that one maybe in a convincing way, I'd feel differently. Right. But it's just tough right now. So i I think it would be, I think something like your score would, would make sense. And, uh, but I'm hoping, so what I'm hoping for 
it's got KJ's healthy, although I just saw right now that uh, looks like uh, he's still lingering his injury. But if he can't go or if he's not 100% healthy, it may be bad. But I'm going to assume that he's going to be healthy. So if he's mm -hmm. healthy, I say something like LSU wins this one like 38-24, 38-21, something mm -hmm. like that. Kind of a couple possessions there. And, yeah. you know, and, and just know that if as an LSU fan, if Arkansas gets down early, it's you're probably going to win, but well, they're going to make it interesting. They're going to come back somehow and make it interesting, but you're probably still going to be winning. So, but uh, there you have it. There is the locked on crossover edition of Arkansas and LSU. Caroline, let everybody know that if they want to listen to the Locked On LSU's podcast as well as all the other stuff you have going on, let them know about it. Yeah, you can listen to Locked On LSU, your preferred podcast platform. You can find us on YouTube, Locked On LSU. You can find me on Twitter at Caroline Fenton One. And if you're in the Nashville area, you can find me on 1025 The Game from 2 to 6 p.m. There you go. And I'm John Neighbors. You can find me on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast via YouTube as well and wherever podcasts are found. You can also follow me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors. And you can also check out my radio show of Out of Bounds from 1 to 4 each and every weekday afternoon on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com here in Arkansas. Caroline, appreciate it. Enjoy the weekend. And we look forward to catching up with you once basketball season comes around. Yeah, appreciate you. Enjoy the game this weekend.